0: Welcome to The Cutting Room, the movie review show from All The Right Movies. I'm John, and with me today it's Westy. Hello. And Matt. Hi, everyone. Well, we all saw a film this week, didn't we? We did. So... Saw a few. Yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, show off. <laughs> show off. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> got nothing else to do in my time. <laughs> well, we must, we, we've only seen one, yeah. so that, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, I hope I saw that one. <laughs> it's the new horror film from A24 called X. Before we do that, though, just to let everybody know that All The Right Movies is a YouTube channel and what you're listening to now is the audio podcast version of the latest episode of our YouTube show called The Cutting Room The original video version along with many other episodes and videos is available on YouTube so please head over to our channel to watch and subscribe. We actually started out as a podcast and you can access our full archive of over 120 podcast episodes on our website alltherightmovies.com or by signing up to become an All The Right Movies patron at patreon.com forward slash alltherightmovies. Patrons also gain access to loads of other benefits as well including an exclusive video episode of The Cutting Room every month, chosen by and created specifically for our patrons. So, as you can see, there's loads from all the right movies to keep you busy, so please check out YouTube and Patreon. But for now, it's back to the film. The Excess Chainsaw Massacre, I call it.
1: <laughs> very good. <laughs> Working title. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: We're just influencing on its sleeves, does not it? But we'll get to that. We'll get to all uh, that. Yeah,
2: it really does, and there's a lot of yeah. influence. It's a very long sleeve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right should we get into it then
2: yep let's do it yes
0: cool yep. okay coming up we're reviewing X in rural Texas 1979 it's even set in Texas in the 70s as well <laughs> yeah yeah pulls no a punches. <laughs> group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film at a remote farmhouse but when their elderly hosts catch them getting down to it the young friends find themselves in a fight for their lives Written and directed by Ty West and produced by A24, X stars Mia Goth as Maxine and Pearl, Jenna Ortega as Lorraine, Martin Henderson as Wayne, Kid Coody as Jackson, Brittany Snow as Bobby Lane, and Owen Campbell as Stanley Kubrick. I mean, RJ. (laughs) (laughs) That covers it, I think, doesn't it? It Sizable cast. Yep. Yep. So, as I usually do, we'll be reviewing the movie by bringing it down and analysing the writing, the director, the cast, the visuals and the music in the film. And then at the end of the episode, we'll decide if the movie makes the cut or ends up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tension throughout. And, yeah. And <laughs> just a warning, this will be a spoiler review. So, if you've not seen the movie yet, you might want to stop watching this, watch the film and then come back and find us again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Right, let's go then. Up first, the writing. Mm -hmm. The screenplay for X was written by Ty West. A big background in horror, he'd already written and directed films like The Roost, The House of the Devil, which is the most acclaimed and successful, The Innkeepers and The Sacrament. Have you guys seen any of those ones? I've
2: not. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a fair few of his films. I think House of the Devil's really really good. In The Valley of Violence is really good, which is his last feature. Uh the innkeepers is great as well. Yeah, he knows what he's doing.
0: Cool. Okay. in terms of X then, how is Ty West riding
1: here? Matt? I thought it was quite confused, to be honest. Right. I think even that basic setup, which is the one to shoot a porn film, and fair enough, the it's established early on the one to do something relatively high value mm-hmm. to make it successful, and it's called Uh, the former's daughter so it's got to be set in a specific place but even so the only place they could find a shoot was this creepy old place out in the (laughs) middle of nowhere I didn't really buy that from the off (laughs) so I was saying well okay we'll see how the rest of the film goes I can overlook plot holes and stuff like that if the rest of the film works and I think the writing did a decent job in setting up most of the characters I think they were all established pretty well they all had their own individual personalities which I liked but I did also think it was quite easy to predict in which order they were going to get killed. Really? And... Mm Yeah, I did, right. and I think at one point I thought the film was going to spring a surprise on me. I thought it felt like both Maxine and Lorraine would make it to the end. So instead of having one final girl, you're going to have two yeah. final girls, which I think would have been an interesting spin. Yeah. But obviously, you know that that's not how it panned out, which, which um, was a bit unfortunate. But I did well, think it was, yeah. was quite messy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of did have that. You did
2: have that for thirty seconds. You did have the duel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a great thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah, great thirty
1: seconds. Um, Yeah, everything else, right and wise, quite messy. Like, it's got the whole theme of sex and death in there. But I'm not sure what point Ty West was trying to make about it because if you watch Scream and the character Randy, he obviously, you know, explains that in horror movies, if you have sex, you die. And then here, you've obviously got them making an actual porn movie, so everybody is at it. Mm -hmm. And it's established that this old couple are quite freaked out by this. You know, one character says, oh, that old guy probably hasn't had an erection in years. And the old woman, she's clearly desperate for intimacy once one, the guy getting get <laughs> into bed with her. And it felt like it was trying to say something, but it just didn't really go anywhere. And if you look at Scream, Scream did invert that because in that film, Sidney Prescott has sex, but she lives. Mm. Here, it just felt a bit regressive that most of them still got killed after having sex. So I'm just not quite sure what Ty West yeah. was trying to say there. But there was one big point during this film for me where I just sat and I thought, what would Jordan Peele have done with this concept? Because mm. if you think about what he did with Get Out, which you saw, watch that, you think, okay, Daniel Kaluuya, he's going to meet his girlfriend's parents for the first time, but I bet they're going to be racists and they're going to be like the KKK and want to burn him with the stake, basically. But he flips that on its head entirely and he takes you somewhere completely different. And he does the same with us. This film, I was thinking, our case, the old people hate the young people because of the youth, because they're still having sex, so that's why they wanted to kill them. But I bet there's going to be some twist. There's going to be something that comes along here completely blindsides me and takes me somewhere else. But no, it was literally just the old people killing the young people because they're having sex. And that summed up my issues with the writing. It, I don't think it really know what it wanted to do. And ultimately, it just didn't really go anywhere that interesting for me.
0: Yeah, I'm in a similar place, I think you matt to be honest i saw an interview with ty west actually where he said that modern horror movies were like the porn films of the 70s this like sort of niche culture with a dedicated following and obviously he saw the similarities and brought the two together here i do like that as an idea and as a theme Mm. and i thought you'd blend them together to an extent Uh, like you say much sex is a big theme in the film and horror movies have been criticized probably since halloween in 1978 for punishing women for having sex as in the girls who are sexually active are usually killed off leaving the Final girl. West does invert that yeah. here to an extent because the first people to go aren't the women who have sex. They're the men who don't have sex. Yeah. RJ, who was a bit of a prude, yeah. he's the first to go. So I did like that. But then, like you say, it did become a bit confused and people just started getting killed seemingly randomly. The, I like the plot. The structure was very much classic horror format, I think. Classic horror tropes. The first act and a half sets up the characters, puts them into a certain situation and then around the midpoint, all hell breaks loose and there's killings left and right. Pretty classic stuff. And, I mean, Ty West does know his horror, and I thought he handled that really well. Mm -hmm. Not exactly original, but I wasn't massively expecting it to be, so I didn't have any big problems with that. The only issue I did really have with the writing, or the biggest issue I had, was around some of the dialogue. I found some of the conversations, especially the ones around character development, to be a bit on the nose. Like the scene at the start in the shop where Mm -hmm. Maxine and Wayne are talking, and Maxine says, I want to be famous. I want the high life so I mean no subtext there just have your characters say exactly what they want <laughs> so I didn't really like that very much and that wasn't the only example so some of the dialogue not so great I thought but on the whole I thought it was classic horror writing in terms of hitting the tropes he did it well not massively original but like I say my expectations weren't really for that so I thought the writing was good and solid horror writing on the most for the most part to be honest mm. and Westy, what do you think of the writing
2: yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys were expecting to be honest. This really kind of philosophical, deep kind of really good dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Really just, yeah, yeah, just hiding behind this. Oh, yes. this is that what she means? Oh, wait, hey, man, there's room for this. It's great. It is, and it's it's is as, as intelligent as a slasher film can be. And I think Ty West knows that, and it yeah. kind of pokes fun at itself. It pokes fun at how meta it is. The film that they're trying to make within this film is the film that Ty West is trying to make within the slasher genre, but they're just doing it in the adult film genre. And it just works, and it's you know it is a very arty film. It is, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it knows where it's going. It's really scary when it needs to be. It's really surprising when it needs to be. But yeah, there there is holes in the writing, but I kind of feel like that's on purpose because he's allowed to do that within this genre. You can be lazy in certain elements. Your dialogue has to be lazy in these films. It cannot be philosophical. It cannot be too deep. you could just kind of go, well, why are they saying that? And it takes you somewhere else. And it it, it totally spins it on its head it's got to stay the course and I think that's what he does with the writing and it does stay the course and it stays it really really well I like the dialogue I like the fact that mm. she's so on the nose with it and she wants to be Wonder Woman which leads <laughs> into that Tarantino rip off get me some Wonder Bread Wonder Woman I think that's just fucking brilliant <laughs> right. you just say like, oh yeah I get that oh, look I feed her on the dashboard this is Tarantino movie isn't it Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We're, kind of, we're moving between all these different kind of ideas and all these different genres that people kind of get now and subverting it and pushing it together into this funnel of a slasher movie and the writing is as i would have expected it to be yes there was problems with it yes there was holes in it but it's so much fun that you kind of ignore that and this is the best sequel to the texas chainsaw massacre out of all of the sequels to the texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's not that hard though is it i don't think but not no not at all not at all
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so the writing then not original maybe but solid for the most part necessary massive fan. necessary mm. necessary necessary yeah,
2: necessary well not a massive fan <laughs> i mean it's, it's necessary for the film that it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue shit, perfect <laughs>
0: <laughs> moving from the writing of the movie to the direction and x was also directed by ty west as well as his filmography I mentioned before, he's also directed a Western, and you mentioned there, Westy, called In a Valley yeah. of Violence in 2016. But yeah. he does love a horror, doesn't he? Oh, he so, certainly does. Clearly. This yeah. is his wheelhouse, I think. So, how is the direction of X, mm-hmm. Westy?
2: Yeah, it's, it's very confident, very assured, very aware of itself. Um, like we said at the top, there's a lot of homages to you know older, especially mm-hmm. horror films. A lot of little things that are put in there that aren't necessarily clever. I don't think he's trying to be. I think this is quite a sledgehammer of a film. than it is an intricate kind of, you know, cross stitch of something. It's just, it's, it's a punch in the face. And I think that's what he wants it to be, but not without its complexities. And I think that is in the performances. I think that is in the direction. I think it is very, very much a character based film. And I think all the characters are likable that don't fall into you know, the genre tropes of this is this guy, this guy's a pain in the ass, this is this pain mm. in the arse. And I think he gives each character the space to grow and they all kind of have their own character backstories that, that work. You see the motivations of each character and I think that really works when you have a director like this who understands his actors and gives them room to work and he really does in this. I think some of the shot choices are great, which I'll get into with the cinematography. I think the overall look of it, how it looks, very 1979, it's got that... Mm. Paul Thomas Anderson Boogie Nights kind of vibe do it at the same time it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Boogie Nights I mean if you said that to me if that was on the poster (laughs) everyone would go and say it (laughs) which is kind of what he's getting at does he get there pretty much close enough I think you're with the direction I think it's really self-assured really confident and it's someone who really knows the genre and you're in safe hands really
0: yeah, lots of good things in the direction, I thought. Like the writing, I thought it feels like it's been directed by somebody who knows the genre, not just knows the genre, but loves the genre, especially judging yeah, by how many it. nods to other classic horrors are in there. I counted four yeah. that I thought were direct homo- homages to classic horror movies. Texas Chainsaw right. is, I think, right. the obvious one, I think. Did you spot it any of
2: those? Yeah. I, I think Cycle was a big one in there, because we've got mm, the, you yeah, know huge. where Marion Crane's car was dumped in the lake by Norman Bates we've got that car in the lake that's a big yeah. one um, there is a few more yeah. Matt do you want to go like one on one with this so I'm not stealing them all
1: yeah yeah <laughs> one big one for me is the scene where Wayne gets killed in the barn I thought that was like Friday the 13th with a budget yeah really, uh, <laughs> everything's uh, Friday the 13th uh, with a the budget yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no other kind of
2: Friday the 13th yeah I th- <laughs> I, no definitely not you shoot something on a phone no. it looks better than Friday the 13th <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean there was Last House on the Left as well because some of the deaths reminders us of yeah. that. Just how it doesn't shy away from the gore, and obviously, like I said, Boogie Nights is is a big, a big influence. I think.
0: Yeah, I think an obvious one as well is when Lorraine gets trapped in the cellar and she gets the axe, breaks down the door with the axe, and there's a shot which looks identical to a shot from The Shining where, oh yeah, which is looking through the
2: door. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved a whip pan with her hitting the door with the yeah. axe. That would have oh yeah, yeah, that was lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit on oh, the I nose, but the- that's what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I liked spotting the homages, but where I thought the direction wasn't so great was bringing it all together in the final act, the climax. And by climax, I don't right, mean yeah, the 90-year-old yeah. yeah. sex scene.
1: The f- <laughs> I would hope not. Know.
2: It's the not a sex out- scene that's 90-year-old. It's 90-year-olds having sex. <laughs> <laughs> the first hour
0: and a half, I was in. I wasn't thinking it was brilliant or anything, but I was enjoying it and wanted to know mm. what was going to happen. But then at the end, after all that setup. It didn't quite deliver right at the end for me yeah Maxine escapes the 90 year old Mm. sex scene that's the scariest bit for me then she gets to the house (laughs) and she frees Lorraine from the cellar at that point I felt like we were just going into the final act there was gonna be a big finale in the house but we Mm. weren't only about five minutes from the end Lorraine gets killed out of the blue which I thought was a bit poor I wasn't shocked I just thought what's the point being with her so much in the film what was the point in that whole I want to have sex subplot didn't seem to go anywhere And then the old man Howard dies of a heart attack a few minutes later. I know they did set that up, but I didn't really like that either. It felt like we got to the end and Ty West was like, shit, there's only five minutes left. I better start killing everybody because I can only end up with one person. Mm. (laughs) So (laughs) the story is there. The classic horror beats are all there, but I don't think they're all with landed. I knew what he was going for when they did come up, but especially in that final act, I felt like it was a bit rushed and a bit underwhelming for me. It was a shame because he had probably 15 minutes X-ray could have played with because it's only about an hour and 40 minutes long or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it could have been a bit yeah. longer if he needed it to be. But yeah, I thought it was very mm. good. And then the the end just went a bit flat for me.
2: I thought that was down in the direction as much as anything else. Do you think? Yeah, I think mm. from that from that sex scene onwards, it does kind of feel like you're just on a slippery slope and it's going to be over mm. really, really quick. And you've got no control over how it's going to work out. But yeah, I thought that sex scene was just a little bit too long and a bit it used to be too fun. <laughs> yeah it's however just, long it was however, however long it was it's too long yeah even if it was 10 seconds it was too long like watching private pile climb obstacles it was a uh, totally a must <laughs> <check. laughs> <But> yeah <laughs>
1: and Matt on that note what do you think of the direction <laughs> <laughs> what a note to end on yeah. um Lots more positives in the direction for me than the writing. Ty West does horror. He knows how to build tension. Yeah. I like how it started with that little scene with the sheriff finding the bodies and then you go back 24 hours to find yeah, out how really it all started. I liked how he drew a lot of these opening scenes out. So there was this ominous feel in the background mm-hmm. that something was going to happen really effective use of silence at times. And then once it does kick off and the horror starts for real and people start getting killed off, there were lots of individual sequences that were really well done. I particularly like the sequence where Lorraine goes into the basement to get the flashlight and it literally does go pitch black and you can't see a thing. And I was sat there thinking, okay, she's going to turn the flashlight on. There's going to be something horrible behind her, boo, etc." But it wasn't. There was nothing there. And that really wrong footed me and that was yeah, really clever. Because then, then when she goes back to turn the actual light on, there is something in the background. It's that fella just like chained up to the wall, which I totally wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah, me so too. So that whole sequence. Yeah, that was really excellent. And I really liked that final confrontation you get at the end between Maxine and Pearl. Maxine pulls the revolver on Pearl and goes to shoot it, but it's empty. Mm. And that works because I had completely forgotten it had been set up in an earlier scene by way that his revolver isn't loaded. And I'd completely forgotten that's that. I just thought, oh, that's fantastically well done. But what stops it being a completely great film from... uh, directorial point of view is that it was just sequences that was working and it reminded me if you you go on YouTube and you look up a film quite often you'll find it's on what's called movie clips which is where they've just taken the individual best sequences of a film so you can watch so-so if it's like American Werewolf in London it's all the werewolf scenes this felt to me like a film where you could watch all the individual bits and think well that looks great but it's the bits in between, it's the glue, it's the tissue that connects them all together. I found those scenes to be quite lacking. Mm. So individually, loads of good things to do about the direction. He just didn't bring it together into something really cohesive, I think. Yeah.
0: I pretty much agree with you, I think, Matt. That guy in the cellar
1: who was chained up, did we find out who he
2: was?
0: Mm. I don't think we did, did we?
2: No. Because I that, imagine that's no, no, I'm that, that car that's in the lake, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah probably,
0: be, so yeah. so the direction do, then man, but- I know, horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to know. No. On the direction then, he's got some horror chops, Ty West. Maybe a Mm, bit obvious with the influences sometimes. Mm
2: -hmm. Obvious but enjoyable.
1: Yeah.
0: Moving on to the main cast of the film, as horror movies often do, the movie features a pretty young cast generally, but some names that we already knew... We're going to talk Mm -hmm. in detail about the two actresses who get the most screen time and they are mia goth who plays maxine and pearl and jenna ortega who plays lorraine so Mm -hmm. to start with the main character then mia goth plays maxine an adult movie star cocaine addict looking for fame she finds herself at the center of the story when her boarding house turns into a house of horrors and ends up becoming the final girl in the film mia goth also plays pearl the ancient mm. sex crazed antagonist of the piece who takes the crew in but when the film director rj splints advances she kills him and two other members of the team as well so how did mia got do in the
2: dual roles westy i thought she was really really good and i didn't realize it was a dual role until the credits came up and i was yeah. like shit Really? Yeah. Oh, that mm. now makes sense. And it kind of goes up a, a grade or two in my mind, just thinking that's really fucking great and really intricate to do and just really nicely played out. I think she just she was better as Pearl as I, than I think she was as Maxine. I think she enjoyed playing Pearl more than she did Maxine. You can see she gets yeah. a bit of a kick out of that. You can see when she's on screen, she's yeah. really kind of it taking her time with it and it really works. And she's perfect for a horror film. I mean, if you change her name around, it's I'm a goth. Which is great. She so like, was <laughs> like, really, really dog already. So I love that. So, like, no, I, I, I thought she was really wonderful, really believable in the character of Maxine, really believable in a real push forward of, you know, uh, the, the, this confidence she has. She'll do anything to be famous and she'll do anything to get to the top, but a really strong, level headed. Excellent combination of all of the final girls that we've seen throughout the history of horror cinema, I think, Mm. all put into this one performance. And I think she carries it on her shoulders really well, really well.
0: Yeah, she's becoming a bit of a horror icon. Mia Goth, I think. This is her fourth horror movie. Most recently, she Mm. was in the Suspiria remake in 2018. And here, in the dual roles, I thought she was Fantastic. I thought she was the best thing about the film, to be honest. I mean, all the cast are good actors and actresses, but I thought she had something else about her, a bit of like star quality, maybe, which gave it a mm. lot of credibility. Yeah. Line yeah. delivery is excellent, even when given some of the not-so-great lines I mentioned before. And I thought she vanished when she was playing the old woman. I wouldn't have Absolutely, known her yeah. if it wasn't. If I hadn't been told beforehand. And my problem with Maxine, it wasn't anything to do with her. It was in the writing of the character. I mean, she's the final girl. Classic trope, obviously. And as a character, I think she could have been a really memorable final girl. I liked her backstory, the daughter of the televangelist, ran away to become a porn star, wanted to be famous. The problem for me was her story in the film. I just didn't think she was put through the ringer enough, to be honest. When you look at your classic final girls like Nancy Thompson or Laurie Strode or others as well, they go through a lot really traumatic events so when you get to the end, you can almost feel the relief coming off the screen and it feels like their lives have been changed forever because of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what Maxie actually went through. Not that much, I don't mm. think. She wakes up with Pearl in bed next to her and then's under the bed when Pearl has sex. And I'm not saying that's not traumatic because it definitely <laughs> would have been. <laughs> right, would traumatic have been. <laughs> but she's never actually really in danger herself apart from right at the end of the film and she's holding the gun so she's the one in control of the situation. Yeah. To me, I thought that was quite a basic writing error for your final girl. I mean, the end when she's in the yeah. car and she's driving away in the car and she's like, praise the Lord, great line. I know what he's going for, but it just didn't land. For me, to be honest, I thought Mia Goth was absolutely brilliant. Loads yeah. of potential in the character as well. And she the character was good, but not as realised as much as I wanted it to be on the screen,
2: unfortunately. yeah. You see, from my point of view, I think Ty West is getting her backstory from what you get from the end of the film. He's kind of counting on you and that twist that she is the daughter of this evangelist on the telly. And he saw, mm. you know, this this huge kind of outlook that he's got and there's such a right and wrong and it, what a hellish childhood she would have had or what a hellish upbringing she's got that she's yeah. ran away from it and now she's in drugs and she's in porn so you kind of go she's seen so much already that what she's seeing through this film is a walk in the park she's just fucked mm-hmm. you know and I yeah. think that's what he's depending on but he didn't hit that home hard enough I don't think yeah I love the backstory our backstory was brilliant absolutely yeah, brilliant I think the, the backstory was the torture where it actually should be the film yeah. that's the torture itself to be honest and Matt, what about you?
0: What do you think of Mia Goth?
1: Loved her. Thought the one bit of the film I had absolutely no issues with whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Thought she was really, really good. Mm-hmm. She's got a really unique look to her, I think. And I liked how the character wasn't yeah. made up as a stereotypical blonde, bimbo, cheerleader type. Instead, she had that real alternative look to her. She does look like she stepped out in 1970s counterculture. Yeah. Um, totally believed that aspect for her, and I think as a character, worked really well, she was strong, she was independent, pretty smart, totally made sense that she was the final girl, who made it through to the end, uh, but like Westy, had no idea she was also playing Pearl, yeah. and it just adds another layer to like the overall creepiness of the film, yeah. just... No idea whatsoever of anything. It was the guy I was, like, weeded out by thinking, is that supposed to be someone I know? And it I don't know if that was deliberate by Ty West. It just totally took my attention away from Pearl. Didn't suspect for one minute that yeah. was me Goth as well. So when you consider that as well, fantastic performance all around. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, Howard, to me, was recognisable and I didn't quite know why, but then I came back and I had a look at what else he'd been in and Stephen Ower, who was in, he was the orc in Return of the King. Now, that little weird-looking orc that you always remember, there's the one with the bent face who you know, is in the end. But there's that little one and he kind of looks up as the the rock's coming down, that weird kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was him. That was him. Exactly the same guy. Doesn't really need much makeup. Looks like an orc naturally, which is a lovely thing to say. (laughs) 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 But in the nicest possible way, he has a very unique look and I was like, I recognise him from somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's an orc in Lord of the Rings.
0: What? No way! You recognise him? <laughs> <No. laughs>
2: yeah. We will give him away. Yeah, you know that twist. Of, like if Jonathan Peel had done this, it would have been in Middle Earth. <laughs> the whole mansion would have turned into a spaceship. Gandalf would have landed at the end with the whole like, yeah, yes, man. Just come back. Let's do it. I'll do it. I did recognise him from Lord of the Rings. I've seen Lord of the Rings so many times. I did recognise him from that. I'm right. sorry. It's it's oh, it's okay. not even it's not even a gloat. That's something to be ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Mia Goth then the star of the show NX? X
2: yes oh, yeah, she was up
0: there easily, easily the second member of the cast we're talking about is Jenna Ortega who plays Lorraine the girlfriend of RJ she tags along on the adventure as the sound engineer decides she wants to take part in the film then gets locked in a cellar before being shot dead in the final few minutes yeah so mm. Jenna Ortega Lorraine in the film
1: Matt what did you think I think she sums up the issues I've got with the film, really. And it's not because of performance, though. Performance is very good. And I mean, first of all, I thought I was watching Rachel Ziegler from West Side Story. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was a big conversation kind of yes. like yeah. yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Really looks like yeah. it. Um, and I'd actually seen in something else this year. She's in uh, the latest Scream film yeah. out a few months ago, if you haven't seen that. Right, yeah. She's uh, one of the main characters mm-hmm. in that. So, And she's good in that as well. So definitely talented. And I like what she did here, but it was the character that confused me because. She sorts out of this slightly weird character, a bit of a loner, and no one gets her. People call a church mass, which I found quite funny how they, they belittle her that way, that was good. Yeah. And it does lead up to one of the most effective and best written scenes in the film, which is where she asks them all the question, why are you doing this? You know, How can you watch your girlfriend have sex with another man and tape it for money? And what do you do about love? Do you not love each other? That was a great scene because then that leads to her being so intrigued by it. She wants to get involved and she absolutely throws herself into it. And that was all really, really interesting, apart from the fact that it just went nowhere. I thought Mm. it was building up to some point, and it just didn't, and it felt like, as I said earlier, I thought she was gonna be one of the final girls, I thought there was gonna be two, because that's how she seemed to be being built up as a huge part of the film's climax. But she never was, she just ended up as being, you know, the last person that the old people get to kill, which was disappointing. So Ortega, very good performance, I just thought the character wasn't brilliantly written mm.
0: yeah and again I'm coming from a similar place to you Matt I thought Jenna Ortega was really good she looks great mm. on the screen yeah, movie star in the making I think mm-hmm. and she's got the acting chops too I yeah. was impressed by her performance but again yeah, the other problem I had was the writing of the character I said that Maxine doesn't go through the mm. ring eye enough for me as the final girl and the reason she doesn't is because Lorraine's the one that does the sequences where she's locked in the cellar and finds that guy strung up they're great all brilliant But then she gets freed by Maxine and from nowhere turns a bit unhinged. She starts screaming that she hates Maxine and then runs out into the night by herself. I mean, where's she going for a star? And (laughs) that behavior was like really out of character, I thought, because she'd been so smart and so level-headed until then. It's her who's asking all the intelligent questions, but then the script needs her to go. So she just behaves out of character and then gets shot from nowhere. So to me, the main character should have been a combination of Maxine and Lorraine. Either that, or like you mentioned, Matt, the dual final girls. But it could have been a combination yeah. of Maxine and Lorraine, where you have the backstory of Maxine, mm-hmm. the preacher's daughter, going out with RJ, gets pulled into making adult film, and then ends up with the story of the both of them, where it ends up in the cellar like Lorraine, ends up under the bed like Maxine, has the showdown at the end, and that's your final girl. That's a great final girl, that. But it mm-hmm. feels like he's sort of mm-hmm. splitting the two characters. And neither of them have enough to be a good or a great final girl, so similar to Maxine, I thought the acting performance from Jenna Ortega excellent. The writing was good, but it could have been a lot more. I think, and that was where where I left. Yeah. I felt disappointed with it. Yeah. And Westy, you disagree, don't you? Of
2: course I do, but that's what I'm here for. I don't even disagree. I'm just trying to figure out ways to disagree just what right I can talk to you <laughs> in a disagreeable way. <laughs> um, I thought Jenny Ortega was, was fantastic and I, I loved her arc and I loved you know how she brought this innocence to the role and then was just just kind of succumb by everything that was going on and then wanted to be part of it. I thought that was excellent. I thought it was excellently portrayed, totally believable. When she said, I want to be in the movie, you kind of like buy that. And then you just mm. think, that, yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. I totally buy it. I thought she was really, really brilliant and really, really watchable. Again, a very confident performance, but I, I do agree with what you say, John. It's just that it's just too thin. Both of them characters are just a little bit Mm. too thin and it's just Mm -hmm. how far she can kind of go with it. But I do see that from her character's perspective of, you know, she's trying to be someone that she's not and then she realises there's someone that she's not and she's in this situation and then she's rescued by Maxine and she hates Maxine. It's the person in the film that she hates the most. And I think she's just Mm -hmm. pissed off that she's been rescued by her instead of doing it by herself, (laughs) which just kind of puts her in a frenzy. But I do like her death sequence. I think it was quite surprising and really funny. Just really brilliant. Just there, just walking back... Mm The old couple have just had sex. It's kind of metaphorical of what he's just done. You know, he's just blown his wife away. Now he's blown Lorraine away. So it's just <laughs> like... Oh, horrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it is metaphorical, isn't it? It's just so on the nose for a slasher film. is yeah. just like, ah, bang, there you go, have that. But I mean, a lot... she's one of them characters. I think, <laughs> think Tyler nice. West... Wallop. wam <laughs> bam, thank you, mum. Wham, bam, thank you, Thor's <laughs> <laughs> Th- hammer. But like... I think it's. it's <laughs> it, people are doing this quite a bit now. I know S. Craig Zahler's done it quite a bit. He's done it in Born Tomahawk. He did it especially in Drag Across uh, Concute, where he's bringing in characters that take you down a path and mm. are just red herons. And you just think, oh, well, that must mm. be that person. You know, the, the girl who's introduced to who's just had the baby and she goes back to work in the bank yeah. and then she's just wiped out. It's yeah. just from nowhere. This is just. It feels mm. great because it does feel like a red heron. It does feel like. Could this be the final girl or is it Maxine? Do you keep guessing? This was the one, leads you down a merry path and then just blown away at the end of it. And I think that's really good and that's really confident and she gives everything to this performance, knowing that she's a red heron really. And I think that's yeah. testament to Jenny Ortega.
0: Yeah, I think we all agree then. Jenna Ortega as Lorraine was very good in the role.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really was.
0: There is a wider cast in the film as well, of course. Martin Henderson plays Wayne. Brittany Snow plays Bobby Lane. Kid Cootie plays Jackson and others. And it being a horror,
1: they don't all stick around that long. there no. any
0: standouts in the wider cast for you, Matt?
1: Yeah, I really like Kid Cootie in this. Actually, he plays Jackson, the pawn star. Yeah, Jackson, yeah, Jackson, fantastic. Um, really good. I didn't know he was a rapper. Before this thought he was an actor, but he just had a real natural charisma to him. He had the cockiness, he had the yep. swagger, but he wasn't smarmy with it. There was still like an element of likability to him. And, yeah. you know, I mean, got to say this, or so that shot where he's in silhouette in the doorway, he's also a man with a lot to be proud of, <laughs> quite obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that shot. Blimey. Yeah, it doesn't so, leave much to yeah, the imagination, good, that, does it? <laughs> no, it really doesn't, you know. <laughs> swinging around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> swinging around yeah. <laughs> um what was interesting though is like i loved his whole back sorry the fact that he's a vietnam veteran yeah. Yeah. because obviously once they arrive there and it's it's quite clear that the old guy is racist so he's looking you know down his nose at him, and he doesn't want to give him any credit for the fact that he's a Vietnam veteran, which Jackson he's kind of proud of. He likes the fact that he's winding the old guy up, but mm. it pays off because then when Jackson gets killed later, it's when it's in the middle of the night and he's wandering around the swamp looking for Pearl. So, with that set and the sound of the insects in the background, it's obviously harking back to his Vietnam past, you know, yeah. it's which is kind of obvious stuff, but it's a complete idea and it's logical that arc makes complete sense for that character. You know, he survived Vietnam only to be killed here where, again, he's an unwelcome presence in someone else's territory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that works really well. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like the performance but I probably even like the writing of his character even better because I thought that would work really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was good, Jackson. He was the one who
0: I felt quite sad actually when he got blown away of yeah. Yeah. all the characters. Mm-hmm. Another... Bit of a missed opportunity, I thought, in some of the characters which was with the antagonists, the old couple, Pearl and Howard. I love them as an idea, but I thought they weren't explored enough as, or, or not as much as I wanted them to be. I right. think Pearl in particular could have been brilliant. We'll learn next to nothing about her, Although there was a bit of a Norman Bates vibe about her, I thought, even though she's totally mm. different. But yeah. where Psycho becomes about Norman Bates and really explores them, this didn't do that which I felt was a bit of a shame. They even referenced that in the film, where the cycle change it halfway through. So I Mm -hmm. thought that's what they were going to do. So I think if the film ended up being a bit more about them two, then that would have been great and learn more backstory about them. I wanted to hear more about their relationship because Howard could have been this really sympathetic character, I thought, where he's been pulled into this just because of how much he loves Pearl. And that came across a little bit, but not as much as I would have liked Mm -hmm. because we don't really know anything about them other than what we see in the film. And I think he's created such good characters there that we want to know more. So there's some great Mm -hmm. ideas in the film all the way through. I just think the execution of them tends to be good
2: rather than great. One of the things that I got that, is why I got that whole psycho reference and it changes halfway through. Yeah. And I was thinking about, who am I looking at here? I'm looking at these guys making this movie. Maybe I should be focused on the older couple. Maybe there's yeah. going to be something interesting. And I actually thought, because if it was prosthetics that were put on, I thought, well, maybe she's younger and she's the, the whole lemonade sequence. <laughs> Do you know what? Oh, like yeah. the, when mm. we both sat opposite each other, I thought, well, there's something yeah. here that's like our secret. What's the secret? What's going on? Why is this yeah. so important? Why is this so drawn out? Why is she just down in it and then leaving? And then I thought, well, what if Pearl was actually a younger person and had like put this on as as like an act, and Howard doesn't know, and she's like impersonating somebody else who's impersonating a grandma who's died and then she's his actual granddaughter or something and she's gonna yeah, 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 like yeah. trying to entice mm. him in to have sex with her and then he has a heart attack and then she owns the farm or something like some kind of yeah. like real like weird Disgusting twist that might be in there just really made the character like far out. I think the Norman Bates thing impersonating his mother was just, I thought it was an impersonation of something, and just this kind of lemonade scene when he comes back in and sees the glass. I was expecting something like, Nobody's allowed in here, what are you doing this again for? You know, this kind of like real weird back and forth. That kind of happens in The Frighteners. It, it sets that up with the mother and the daughter in The Frighteners. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you just think, well, she's so imposing, but it's actually the daughter who's the problem. And mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be that way on, but it, like you say, it never delivered. Maybe we should rewrite it. <laughs>
0: Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I like that. The well, way I thought it was going at one point yeah. was I thought we were going to find out maybe that Pearl and Howard were well, actually brother and sister, or oh, something like that, mm, something really sick. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, some great ideas in the film. The execution of them not always fantastic, I thought. But yeah, Wesley, what about you? Any other characters in there that you liked?
2: yeah I like RJ I thought he was good I thought because you know he's very similar to my outlook on things if you're going to do something do it well no matter what it is <laughs> if you're going to do he's something been, well, yeah he's based on you I think isn't he yeah he is based on me yeah he only likes really well lit pornography so we're very similar um, <laughs> but no he's he's one of those characters where you just you, you get it and he, he's supposed to be like the annoying guy and I don't think he is like I really feel for him he just wants to make something no matter what it is and he's got this real drive and Owen no one can who plays him is really really good and I like that he was the first one out of there and I think his death sequence was really good and really well played out and really well lit and I thought it was just you know he went through emotional turmoil and the fact that You know, Lorraine did do what she did and he had to film that. And that sequence in the shower, I think, is really well played out. You're expecting someone to come in. They've referenced Psycho. You're expecting Mm -hmm. that in the shower. And it's just a really emotional kind of breakdown of the character. And I thought he did really well. And I thought Brittany Snow was great. I've only seen her in Hairspray. My daughter loves Hairspray. This is a very different kind of view of her kind of performance that I'm used to. Pitch Perfect as well, she was great in and I really loved the uh, diet Pepsi McConaughey who is, is Martin Henderson <laughs> I thought is that McConaughey <laughs> it's not is it absolutely, did yeah. Ty West say to him well, we, we talked about the direction it's really well directed all the characters are really well thought through he said to Martin Henderson just be Matthew McConaughey please <laughs> yeah, that's do an impression. Yeah.
1: just do an impression McConaughey and you'll, you'll be absolutely fine right.
2: I'm surprised he's like mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah. <a> sexy <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, right, all right mm-hmm. all right yeah <laughs> 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 That would have been great.
0: <laughs> so the cast as a whole, then, really good performances. I think, really, yes, yeah, great, yeah, really
2: enjoyable, very strong.
0: Onto the visuals now, and how a film looks can encompass cinematography, design work, and visual effects. So from those viewpoints, how does X look, Westy?
2: I think X looks really, really good. I think Ty West is very, very good at doing them. Uh, pastiche of, you know, cinema that has been before, especially kind of the VHS era, that kind of 80s, 70s kind of look. He did it brilliantly with House of the Devil. I mean, if you haven't seen that, just watch the opening credits and say you don't want to watch any more of that film. It's beautifully done. (laughs) Um, I don't know if they brought it out on a special edition uh, VHS. They might have done just to kind of keep in that type of vibe. But this is very much the same type of thing. It's shot by Elliot Rocket who did The Innkeepers, and he also did House of the Devil. And it's really hard to shoot digitally and have it feel old school, have it feel VHS, have it feel film, have it feel cheap Mm. when you're shooting on really expensive cameras. I mean, they're shooting on the Sony Venice here with Hawk lenses and it's all very, very nice. And it's very easy to make these images look really, really nice. And they do it really well, but at the same time, they're not scared of kind of downgrading it a little bit to give it that authenticity. It's not as dirty as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's definitely more polished around the edges. Mm. They're not going back and... Being auteurs about it, and Ty West say, "I'm not going to. Sh- I'm going to shoot the whole thing on 16 mil." Yeah, you know, he's not. He's not looking for that kind of aesthetic. The aesthetic that he gets from it is a beautiful aesthetic that is a callback to how it used to look. But it's like you know, it's a new retro. It's a new vibe. It's a new kind of film, and it looks really good. There's some shots that are real standouts. there's the wide angle in the van where you see everybody together. Yeah, it's the nice. only thing that Texas Chainsaw G- mm. so was missing really was that really wide angle where you see them all part of a unit, and I thought that really worked. The drone shot was fantastic, and you see the alligator coming, yeah. even when she was just in oh, the lake, yeah. and you see the jetty on the yeah, side slightly. I thought great. that was fantastic. Really, really nice shot. I love the slow zooms to the window when you see Pearl standing there. I thought that was a hard back of the 70s, and... Tarantino's doing that. I mean, it's not a crash zoom like Tarantino would do in like Django where it's just like boom, imagine that in pearl's <laughs> face would have been fucking great We <laughs> he didn't take it that far. Um, but all the guest house and all the interiors were just really well lit and just looked really nice and just looked really authentic. It, it, it's just very, very watchable. It's a very watchable film. All the gore is there for you to see but it's not like false looking at the same time it doesn't turn your stomach as much as it should really it's just there and it works and yeah everything kind of works in harmony with the visuals i think it yeah i think it looks fantastic no complaints whatsoever
0: yeah i agree i thought it looked great i really like the shots where we're seeing through rj's camera had that sort of 70s fourth aspect ratio and like a saturated burned color brilliant that gave everything a real authenticity Felt like Constantly hear in the, the
2: film as well when that's there. It's like oh, yeah, we we'll yeah. get it. <laughs> Loved it. <there." laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> and there were some great shots. The overhead shot, the drone shot in the lake you mentioned there was yeah. is stunning. Yeah. And there was this theme I noticed mm. as well where they kept cutting quickly between two images back and forth. Uh-huh. And there was one where Pearl puts on some music to try and seduce Howard, and the cut between her and the spinning record four or five times in quick succession, really striking, really noticeable, created this yeah. really yeah. strange sort of tension. I thought which was really, really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, so, little, Yeah,
2: yeah. I think the editing overall was really good. Some really nice transition choices. The side wipes were really cool. It shouldn't yeah, it really brilliant. work. It's not Star Wars, you know what I mean? But it, it works. <laughs> it's got the similar type of vibe. And then, like you said, John, them cross cuts between one scene to the next when it just almost flashed back. There's like two or three yeah. frames. There's an the next frame. Here's a previous, next frame, previous. It's really offsetting. And I think, yeah, the editing's fantastic.
0: Yeah, so altogether, I thought the visuals were absolutely brilliant. Along with Mia Goth, the thing that gave the film a lot of credibility and quality for me—really, really good. Yeah, agreed.
1: And Matt yourself? Yeah, big fan of how this film looked. Um, that house in particular—I like how it wasn't overdone. It wasn't awfully stylized. It wasn't too slick. It was just creepy enough, but he didn't push it too far. Like, it reminded me of the the first re, uh, the first remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which did push that type of element too far and everything <clears throat> yeah. just looked too much like i said it was designed to be too creepy and that kind mm. of thing takes me out the film this one it drew me into the film so yeah that was really great production design i loved all those long shots all those wide shots which were very quiet very still because they had me on edge thinking, and this something going to happen because just the way it's being framed just the way it's been set up it just had like tension within it so all that was great so yeah in terms of everything you want from a visual perspective production design cinematography all very cohesive from that point of view really really liked it all
2: yeah there's a few shots that are just definitely Texas Chainsaw Massacre especially in regards to that house it's not as bad as Texas Chainsaw Massacre because nothing is (laughs) when she goes in that room and there's feathers everywhere it's disgusting but this this place feels more weathered it feels just more lived in it feels more Mm. real and I think that adds a creepiness Mm. to it that's above and beyond it's more yeah it's definitely more psycho than it is Texas Chainsaw really it's like putting Mm. Norman Bates in Texas Yeah,
0: the house did remind me of Psycho as well, Mm. but the
2: part where the first arrive at the house
0: and Wayne sort of creeping around on the porch outside looking through the door, that reminded me definitely of when the guy first gets to the house in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Totally, It's a nice touch as
2: well to the opening sequence where you see the policeman's boots and he walks up, there's carnage everywhere, but then you see Wayne's boots walk up the door and there's nothing there. I thought that was a nice parallel. Hmm.
0: So the visuals then I think we're finally agreeing on something one of the better aspects of the movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) see we've we've, we've,
0: we've got to let Westy go first otherwise he just disagrees
2: (laughs) (laughs) right what's next
0: is a big part in any movie and horrors maybe in particular need the right music to set the right tone mm-hmm. the music on x was composed mm-hmm. by tyler bates and chelsea wolf and there's a number of classic pop and rock songs in there too tyler bates has written music for films like dawn of the dead 300 sucker punch the halloween remakes and the john wick series yeah. and chelsea wolf is an american singer-songwriter known mostly for gothic rock and doom metal and this yeah, is her first film score collaboration so mm-hmm. how was the music as a whole on the film matt
1: generally, I thought it was really effective, Mm. particularly the original score. Lots of those kind of atonal industrial noises which weren't like themes they weren't like so if you're going to come out humming but they were just there and they were edgy and they kind of got under your skin Imagine you did you know, <laughs> Imagine like uh, What the hell is the that? What uh, the fuck's this uh, guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I I mean that's clearly another you know, not of Texas Chainsaw so asking yeah. if you think like yeah. the, the music yeah, the yeah. score they put together for that but it was really really effective especially when it was mixed in with it's not singing but just the, the human vocalizations they had in there for like one of a better term So, overall, that's really, really creepy. Um, I was less of a fan of the songs, though. I thought, in particular, when it started off with... um in the summertime by Mungo Jerry which mm. you know good song but I've just seen so many horror films now that kick off with a big upbeat yeah. pop number yeah. to contrast with what's going to come it's like yeah okay I get it. it it's not bad it's just I've seen it before that it doesn't have the effect on me yeah. so much anymore yeah. Um and what else was in there you had not really in there not Ringo's version unfortunately unfortunately Um yeah and then I would say that scene where RJ gets killed and don't feed the reaper playing i found that too on the nose really again it's a great song but you know don't feed the reaper he's going to get killed yeah yep got it yeah. <laughs> so overall original score definite thumbs up uh these songs wasn't great it wasn't bad it just wasn't great yeah yeah i thought the music composed by tyler bates and chelsea wolf was, was
0: subtle but very good Definitely going for the '70s vibe with mm. sounds and synth and strings in there. And there's a Chelsea Wolf song on the soundtrack as well called "Wee Wee Marie," which I liked. But I thought the most standout Marie stuff Marie, was yeah, yeah. the classic songs in there. They had a pretty robust budget, I think, for the tunes in there, which I wasn't expecting. Must have done. Yeah. As, mm-hmm. as soon as I heard "Blue Eyes I knew that RGA was a goner within five minutes. <laughs> of it course, it was on yeah. the nose as hell. But I thought that was a really good yeah. use of that song. I liked it. Yeah also turned into a musical for a couple of minutes in the middle when Bobby Lynn and Jackson suddenly burst into song, singing Landslide by Fleetwood Mac,
2: Yeah, great great
0: song, I didn't really Mm. get what the point of that bit was, but an unexpected little gift I thought, so I wasn't complaining too much, (laughs) and actually what I thought was really good. Was the sound design all the way through, not just on the music, on the sound effects and everything Mm. else? The sound design has a guy called Graham Resnick. I've noticed his stuff all the way through. Loads of transitions accompanied by cool 70s film reel sounds and that sort of stuff. And the sounds of the stabbing and the gunshots and all that really visceral. Excellent work from him. So, yeah, Yeah, music and sound. stuff
2: around the swamp. Yeah, it was great as well. Just really atmospheric, yeah. What do you think of it all, Westy, the music? I totally, totally disagree. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I mean, you said, I disagree. Oui Wee Marie <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't even yeah. hear you. I disagree. <laughs> no, I think the, the <laughs> I think the original score was great because it was more like a soundscape, and that was it was really really yeah. good, and it reminds me of what like Trent Reznor's doing with Atticus Ross and just bringing, yeah. you know, Wolf on board. It's a similar kind of vibe. And Wee oui oui Marie's is a cover. It's like a 1905 folk song. Oh, and really? It's just, oh, okay. Geez, yeah, she's covered it, like, in a really haunting right. way, which it's yeah, weird, it is fantastic. Haunting, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. And the, the other thing I love, I know that Matt said that the song choices aren't the best, and they're not. This isn't Tarantino. This isn't Scorsese. This isn't someone with a jukebox going, I'm going to choose something that's absolutely massive that nobody's heard before, <laughs> ever. Yeah, You know, fucking hell. But, like... It's obvious, but every song is of the era, which is what I really liked. Every song was reminiscent of, like, that time of the late Mm. 70s, early 80s kind of vibe, and it really worked with it. I mean, there's going to be people watching this where... They haven't heard these songs, and this is their kind of. This is their Tarantino almost. This is their Pulp Fiction, or this is their like, you know, they're going to see this film in the nineteen twenty year old, and they've just come out. I mean, when we were nineteen twenty, oh, I went to see that X, and it was supposed to be like this really great horror film, and it was just it had these great songs in it, and it had these great ideas, and you're like, yeah, but mm. all of them songs we've heard before, all of them ideas yeah. we've seen before, but that's the audience this is for, and you've got to really appreciate that, and that's what I, that's what the vibe I got. I'll tell you on the verdict but that's the vibe that i got leaving the cinema is that this isn't necessarily for me but how good is it to you know when my daughter gets a 19 year old say yeah watch x that's a great horror film how good is it to recommend for that kind (laughs) of audience and it works and i think the music really really works with that i mean the landslide sequence i don't know it was just you know time makes you bold even children get older yep you're getting older yes there's a there's a you know split screen there's pearl yep beautifully massive (laughs) guitar, really bassy, really massive in the cinema, huge version. It was nice. Mm. In the summertime, I enjoyed it because I like that song anyway. Don't Fear the Reaper... Great, I'll always listen to that. It, of course it's on the nose, and then Dr. Dr., you know, Robert Palmer's in there. <laughs> You're just like, well, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. Uh, but, you know, I'm 41. This is every party I went to in my mid-20s. Like, it's just, it's all there. You know, they're really cheesy kind of social club kind of vibe. But for a new yeah. audience, I think it would work, and it does work with the visuals of the film, especially the original score really works because it just backs up the visuals, and that's what it should do. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that split screen. Actually, you mentioned there, Westy, in yeah. the middle
2: of the song. That's really good. That I love that. Yeah, it kind of it just shows the the relationships between the two of them. But I think it could have been nicer. I think it could have just been a little bit more subtle. You don't need that split screen. I think it would have been nicer if Pearl was outside, just watching through the window, and just hearing <laughs> it, and just yeah. like really tearing up, and just yeah. being like. You know, just trying to get her like the real vibe between you, you know, you two get old, you're getting older and it's landslide, and everyone knows that, and she's on it, you know. this... Downward trajectory and she's losing grasp of who she is and the fact that she's alive. I think that would have been really, really nice just to have yeah. her somewhere and you'd just see her at the end of the song and done it a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit bit more intelligence, I think. Just a little mm-hmm. less. Like, oh, split screen. That's her. That's them.
0: Great. Arrow <laughs> was pointing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ty West at the bottom layer. This guy, yeah. And that one there. <laughs> oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to this in the frame. <laughs>
0: so the music, though... Uh, pretty good i think we all agree throughout mm. yeah it works mm. if
2: you can get these songs you get these songs don't you yeah. they, they are yeah. good so
0: we've covered off the main aspects of the film we wanted to now and all that's left really is to decide has x made the cut or will it be left on the cutting room floor should Ooh. we find out mm. let's
2: find out yes this is on let's this is better. on the edge this is on the edge this one mm. <laughs> it is
0: Okay, Matt, I'm going to come to you first then. Your final thoughts, please. Summary and verdict on X. Ooh, I've guessed. No
1: pressure. <laughs> Feeling the pressure now. <laughs> now that you said that. Uh... <laughs> no, See, the thing is about doing this, like the cutting room, we haven't set like strict rules of, of how we judge it, what gets in, what doesn't, why it does, why it doesn't. Have we set and rules with anything be... else we've done, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, just no, 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 no C-bombs, <laughs> and that's about that's it. About it. <laughs> uh, that's about it. That's about it. So this like fundamentally straight off the bat, it's not a bad film at all. Great performances across the board. It's really well shot. Sound design, Rachel Scott, that's all good individual sequences are really really well done mm-hmm. so for me it's not a bad film it's a good film that does have some flaws to it which i'm finding difficult to kind of really get over and i think for me to put something in the cut room like my good instinct now is that it's something where if i recommend it to someone i'll be disappointed if they don't like it like when i put the batman in last time around if someone said oh i went to see that because you recommended hated it i'd be like what really I'd, and I'd be like really surprised. Yeah. I'd want to know why, really and then I'd stop being friends. With yes, them. <laughs> idiot. <Yeah>. I'd, I'd <laughs> what? Don't have time. <laughs> don't have time for that. My life. But if someone said, "Should I go see X?" and I went, "Yeah, go on then." And then they came back and said, "I didn't like it." So, I'd yeah, like. Oh, yeah. ah, fair enough. Yeah, I know you. Mean. know, yeah. I, I, I liked it enough, but yeah. I can get why people wouldn't. Yeah. and that, for me, I think is where I'm going to have to draw the line on this one. And. It's it's a close thing because like I say, it's not a bad film for me. The Cutting room isn't. It's good or it's bad. It is good, but it's just not good enough for me. And it just falls to the other side, and it does not make it an unfortunately Oof.
0: Oof. brutal Oof. slammed by Matt.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> most brutal slamming I've ever given film. It's not well, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not. definitely not. Nah, nah. <laughs> well,
0: I went in with no expectations either way on this one. Really, I'd seen the trailer set up an intriguing story i thought and in watching it i was pleasantly surprised for the most mm-hmm. part i was interested and mm-hmm. engaged in engaging the characters and the story pretty much all the way through the performance is all very good some great ideas some great cinematography and some really good music as well i do have criticisms, like i mentioned mostly around the writing and the landing of that final act as well but none of that was mm-hmm. bad i didn't think i was just a bit disappointed because there are some great ideas here and it could have yeah. been i think a bit of a cult classic yeah. I think Pearl was good, but she could have been brilliant. Maxine was good, but Mm. could have been brilliant. The themes that explode are good. Could have been really great. That said, I do think horror fans will love it. Because it does everything horror fans want, I think. And it might still become a cult classic, to be fair. So, Mm. for those reasons, X has comfortably made the cut for me nice Ooh. nice one one mm-hmm. no
1: wasn't true by your uh, verdict yeah. John. well just spun Actually, around to me isn't it no, no pressure deciding now. factor <laughs>
2: just how you like it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> deciding, i disagree with both of you how does that work <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean for me it's just got the right amount of self-awareness it's not perfect it's not a masterpiece. But it's a really no. enjoyable film. It knows what it wants to do. It's entertaining for an hour and 45 minutes. It's a good Friday night first date film. It's a good Friday night third date film or whatever. You know, if you both... I don't know,
1: don't know about that being a date film. Do right. you not? <laughs> <laughs> well, with that sex scene in, that'd be awkward. That's some ideas. But anyway. <laughs> Inspiration.
2: But it's it's just, yeah, it's just it's just fun, isn't it? And it's just scary when it used to be and there's jump scares in yeah. there that work and the sound design's fucking creepy and the, the characters are good and the performances are good and there's nothing cringeworthy in this film. It's it's just, it's on a level that's mm. pretty decent. Like, it's a decent film. It's just the genre that it's in. I mean, if you're watching The Valley of Islands, that's a really good Western and he knows how to make a good Western. He knows how to make a good, you know, homage back to the, the haunted house thriller with the house of the devil and he knows how to do... A slasher film, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, and he's working within the cons- the constraints of the genre, and not trying to make it anything that it isn't, because mm. he appreciates the genre for what it is. And like you said, John, horror fans will appreciate that. And newcomers to the genre of the, to the slasher film, the new Scream film, this one, ignore Halloween, ignore like you know the Halloween remake. Sorry, don't ignore Halloween ever. But you know, the <laughs> remake, get they, get them on your face. And all oh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, I would watch this ten times then then watch yeah. that once easily right it's okay. a pile of shit yeah. this knows what <laughs> it's doing and it really 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 plays homage to it and i think it needs to be congratulated from sticking to his guns and not trying to be too clever with it not trying to take it somewhere it doesn't need to go not trying to have a soundtrack that nobody understands but makes him look cool he's just made a film that's really enjoyable and it's really fun and it's really violent and it's pretty scary and I think if you're new to the horror genre, especially if you're new to the slasher genre, then I'm quite jealous because we got fucking Friday the 13th, you know. And <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. rather this is an introduction to the slasher genre than Friday the 13th. <laughs> but oh, having definitely. said that, without Friday the 13th, you wouldn't have this. So you know, the whole world is just a gift that keeps on giving. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen. <laughs> I, would have, I would have liked to have seen that twist where she's actually wearing a mask and she's trying to shag her granddad. I think that would have been great. Just take take the mask off and shaggy granda. You get the house. You get a million quid. <laughs> that, that would have been, and the X would have been like just X marks the spot, and the like it comes up like a drone shot, and then there's like an X on top of the house because like that's where it's buried, like an ancient Indian burial ground or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's been done before, I think. Mean. Of course it has, but yeah. so, so is every single thing in this film. Why not just do that? <laughs> Fuck it. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's fun. I loved it. I didn't love it. I liked it. It was great. It's <laughs> it's in. It's in. Fuck it. Go go and watch it. Make your own mind up. It's good. So has it made the cut or not? Yeah, it's made it. It's in for me. (laughs) It's made it cut. Right, right (laughs)
0: great. Right then. So that leaves us 2-1 in favour. X has made the cut. So, Mm. yeah, that's a good thing because you may be interested to know as well that we already have a sequel coming to X. Yes. So Mm, there's a film called Pearl in development. It's a prequel set during the First World War and will star Mia Goth again as a younger Pearl. It'll be directed Mm. by Ty West again and based on a story that Ty West wrote with Mia Goth. Nice. So that sounds intriguing. Will you watch that?
2: Yeah, it's it's already been. Sh- I would. It's actually, already yeah. been shot, hasn't it? Oh, has it been shot already? Yeah, it's been shot because the back lot and everything of oh, the okay. whole place was still up, and Ty West had downtime after making X, I think, and he wrote the screenplay in like two weeks in his hotel room, and then rang Mia Goth up and said, "You fancy going back and doing this film I've just written?" And she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, fine." So he got the crew and got her back together, and then shot it. So if oh, you right, thought cool. you thought this one was a bit. Fast-paced, and a bit rushed. Then I don't know what Pearl's <laughs> going to be like. It might be I just sit and make a lemonade for an hour and a half. I don't know. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we'll come back. Well, yeah, we'll come back and review that one. Eh? We'll do Pearl. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do it. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it then for this episode of the Cutting Room. If you've enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, and share this video as that does help us massively. Leave a yeah, comment as well. It really does. We'd love to know what you think of the movie and what we've mm-hmm. said about it as well, wouldn't we? kind of oh definitely <laughs> <Because it's, laughs> well, yeah, point, you know, don't make. leave your comments you don't because you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll just
2: I'll get into what Tiz was about it just it's fine <laughs> I'd love to know what you thought about the movie but not what I thought about the movie if you know it's <laughs> fine
0: as well as the other videos on this channel we also have a podcast that comes out every two weeks that's where we do deep dives in the classic and hit movies so you should check that out on all good streaming platforms as well if you've not the latest one's out yep. now and it's on right. the cones classic fargo and that is available on all good platforms like spotify itunes and the rest i think you guys were both on that one weren't
2: you mm-hmm. we were yeah had a, oh yeah, had yeah. A doozy. oh yeah yeah you
1: betcha oh, yeah, yeah. real good, real
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> And to support us in what we do and gain access to bonus content, please support us on Patreon as well. Your help and support on there is massively appreciated. And the more support we get, the more videos we can make, and the more films we can watch. So, yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, yes, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Because we don't watch enough. No. Well, you <laughs> do. We fucking don't. You've seen <laughs> yeah, nine yeah. this week. You've seen one. <laughs> yeah, I know. You watching one now? as he's doing this? What are you watching <laughs> I now? I'm <am> having <laughs> to <this over> there.
1: <laughs>
2: he's watching Pearl right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. You won't believe how this one goes.
2: <laughs> at least it goes somewhere. You might, you'll be happy. <laughs> you might like to follow
0: us on social media as well, where we post pretty constantly on movies on Twitter, where you're at at right movies on Instagram, where you're at all the underscore right movies. We have a Facebook group as well, where you can join in with all the movie chats, and our website is alltherightmovies dot com.
2: Yes. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, we'll say bye for now, everyone. Praise the Lord. Yep. And please subscribe, share, and watch more All The Right Movies videos. Please do. It yes, will be divine do. intervention.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. guys. And look out for those gators. Ooh.